And I said, we wanted to make sure that we tithe or give 10% of the first $200,000 to come in towards the Beyond campaign to purchase a home for some kids in Honduras, okay? And so I hope you're not mad because I haven't taken the offering yet, but uh, I took a little liberty and we already purchased the home in Honduras, okay? Are you okay with that? So you guys already purchased that, okay? Or, or some, that's what we're going to be purchasing. We had to purchase it in advance uh, so that it can go on site of Sparrow Missions. And then our missions team, uh, the end of June is going to go down there and build it out. So it will house seven to eight children. They'll have a house parent on Sparrow Missions. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't think you guys would be too mad, too mad if I spent that. I figure even if we don't do this campaign, we should house some kids in Honduras, right? If we can do that and then we're capable of doing that. So thank you for your generosity towards that. And uh, there'll be a missions team going down there and you can talk to them, okay? This morning, I want to challenge us to think generationally, okay? Uh, because that's what our verse uh, of Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. If you have your handout, you can kind of follow along in there. Uh, we've kind of showed you the history of Coastal. And I want to challenge us to think generationally, and I want to do that by giving you a little bit of the history of Coastal Community Church. We have a very unique history. And so uh, we actually started in March of 2002, two churches on the peninsula, one by the name of Tidewater Community Church, and the other church named Bay Rivers Community Church, actually voted, the two church, church memberships voted unanimously to dissolve their two entities and merged together to form Coastal Community Church. And the reason they did that is they felt like they could do more on the peninsula by pulling their resources together. Imagine two churches renting different buildings, paying part-time secretaries, all that stuff. And we felt like, man, we could pull our resources and do more for the glory of God on this peninsula by merging churches. And so the point is, this church is actually much older than 2002. It actually goes back to the early 90s. So I thought it would be fun. I'm going to show you a lengthy video. It's about 10 minutes long, okay, of Pastor Sean going around the peninsula and showing you the history of Coastal Community Church. Check this out. Morning, Coastal, Coastal Community. Community Church. You know, we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 in the series, the Beyond series. Uh, and the verse says, All glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might think or ask. All glory to him in his church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever. Amen. You know, this morning we're going to look at how God accomplishes his work through the church, through generations. And I want you as a church to begin to think generationally. And so what I want to do is give you a little bit of church history because we're at a great point in our church to begin to think about future and what will eventually be history. Um, and so I want us to think generationally this morning. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I'll take a little trip with me. I'm going to give you a little tour around, uh, around the peninsula uh, where Bay Rivers got its start and where it met and where Tidewater got its start and where it met. And it's going to end up at the Kroger building as we continue to pursue the vision that God has laid in front of us. Uh, this was the home of Pastor David Smith in February of 1992. He started with a core group and they began to pray about launching Bay Rivers Community Church. And, um, and they started here with about seven people. And in this home, I believe they grew to about 15 people uh, where they looked in the community to find a, uh, a bigger room uh, to launch a corporate worship service. And we actually have a church member uh, who was a part of that core group in 1992. That's uh, Andrew Bowserman. Andrew Bowserman still serves in several ministries at Coastal, uh, including our, our sound and, um, and video production. So, so right here, a church of uh, a group of about 15 people began to pray 
pray and plant the seeds of Coastal Community Church. So what we're going to do next, we're going to show you where they began to worship on the peninsula as they began to look for larger rooms and the uh, ministry of, of Bay Rivers Community Church continued to grow. We are now at uh, Mary Immaculate Conference Center and uh, in the spring of 1992, Bay Rivers continued to grow. They out, the core group outgrew uh, David and Betty Smith's house uh, in Colony Pines and so they moved here for the spring uh, in the spring of 1992 and the church continued to grow and while they were here they began to look for a more permanent location uh, and so eventually they moved just across Denby Boulevard and rented an office space there that they renovated and and be, and continued their church growth there. So, so in uh, June of 1992 Bay Rivers uh, and their leadership decided to move from Mary Immaculate to right here on Denby Boulevard this office complex in June of 1992 they signed a three-year lease they raised money just like we're trying to do right now and uh, and built out one of these suites here in this office complex on Denby Boulevard they opened in September of 1993 and their first uh, worship service here they had 78 people uh, by Easter uh, of 1994, they had grown, they had their highest attendance at 161. And if you know anything about church planning, in a couple years, cracking through the 100 attendance barrier is very, very difficult. Uh, so the church was doing very, very well. And as their three-year lease came to a close in 1995, they had outgrown their space here. And Bay Rivers Community Church began to look for a new location where they could grow even more. And so they headed over to Warwick Boulevard. Uh, this is Connie Pines. This was Pastor Derek Evett's home, and now uh, this is actually where uh, in early 2000, uh, a core group of people began to meet and to pray uh, about the launching of Tidewater uh, Community Church. And so uh, it's right here that the seeds of Coastal Community Church were birthed through prayer and through ministry. And uh, a core group of people uh, began to pray and began to think about doing some community events that would gather a larger group. And from here, the core group moved to, to Kiln Creek Elementary. We'll stop. This is actually the gymnasium in Kiln Creek Elementary, and this is actually where Tidewater uh, Community Church, uh, under the leadership of Pastor Derek Evett, began to meet in early 2002. Um, they did many community events to build a core group, and it was here that the church grew to just under 100 people, and uh, they met here for about a year, and then they decided to move from here to Grafton High School. <clears throat> In 1995, Bay Rivers Community Church relocated right here to Warwick Boulevard, just a little bit south of Fort Eustis. And uh, in June of 1999, uh, David Smith and his wife Betty, the founding pastors of Bay Rivers Community Church, decided God was calling them to plant a church in North Carolina. So in June of 99, they resigned and they left. Uh, uh, he left a terrific team in place uh, with some elder leadership as well as what they called a transition team. And, uh, and then in May of 2001, they called this young guy to his first pastor. His name was Pastor Sean, and I uh, took over the church, and we started right here in, in May of 2001. Very early in my ministry, in the fall of 2001, I began to meet with Pastor Derek Evett, and we began, Tidewater Community Church and Bay Rivers Community Church began to discuss the possibility of dissolving those two churches, merging together, uh, pulling their resources so that more could be done for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. So on March, or, uh, March of 2002, 
Coastal got its first start and uh, held its first service right here in Grafton High School. This is actually probably a, a small meeting space, a glorified hallway, uh, but we actually held our first service right here at this space. Um, held, had about, uh, I think with children, we had about 240 uh, people in attendance that first week. By the fall of 2002, um, church was running about 180, 190 in average attendance. Right here is the cafeteria. Grafton Middle School and uh, this is where we've met. We met to corporate worship many times. This was also the home of our children's ministry and uh, we'll get a little shot here in a minute but uh, you know you'll see all the tables and chairs. It was not uncommon for us to put in hundreds and hundreds of volunteer hours uh, yearly uh, just to move tables and move chairs so that we could have a service and uh, it just took so many people every week we would take all these tables up and put them all back and uh, either for kids ministry or for our cor corporate worship. This is the foyer of what used to be Coastal Community Church here in Grafton High School. This is the uh, the high school cafeteria side and uh, we met here for many years and uh, over here to my left which we can't get into right now is the auditorium about a 500 seat auditorium and uh, we were able to use that from time to time uh, when we couldn't when we didn't have access to it we would meet in the back gym uh, had a nice blue floor we'd set up a temporary stage and and hundreds of chairs and uh, we were back in that gym we grew to just under 300 people uh, until we were able to relocate to the land that we are on now. So uh, the school was very good to us. God was very faithful to us and a lot of people put in a lot of time, talent, and resources for us to have a church service here. And, uh, and the school was a blessing to us. But now we are on to our new property. Praise God. And now we're heading thinking generationally where God may have us to go at the Kroger. So while Coastal Community Church was meeting in Grafton High School where we just left, uh, we bought the property here uh, on uh, Route 17. Uh, if you remember in 2005, property values were skyrocketing and God in his providence and his goodness gave us six acres right here on 17 that we were able to purchase uh, for under $250,000. Just an amazing, amazing deal. And uh, paid that off by 2008. And if you remember in 2008, the country was in the throes of what has now been called the Great Recession and uh, we were able to go to the bank. Old Point Bank was kind enough to lend us $1.8 million and, uh, and so we broke ground in 2009 and, uh, and then in um, uh, the spring of 2010, right around now, we opened the doors to this building and uh, many of you have been a part of that ride. We were able to watch our congregation almost triple. We went from one service in Grafton High School to three services right here uh, at this location. And as you know from our Beyond series, we have been gun praying about, man, we need parking, seating, and children's space. And, uh, and while this building has been a great blessing to us, we've realized, man, God has got something else for us. Coastal Community Church, we're at our last stop in our historical tour, and I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've get, got to learn a little bit about how God has blessed uh, this church for over 20 years of its existence. And this morning, we're at a great point in the history of the church as we move towards bringing our offerings towards the possibility of buying this location. And it's a fantastic location uh, for this church to meet and to continue to lift up the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as we finish out Ephesians chapter 3, 20 and 21, we look at the idea that, G that uh, the glory of God is going to be displayed through his church and through Jesus Christ, through this generation and all future generations. Would you join with this church from the people of 
the past who gave their time, their talent, and their money to grow us to where we are today and take us forward so that the gospel of Jesus Christ will continue to be preached on this peninsula here and for generations to come. If you have your Bible, turn with me to uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Uh, if you don't have one, there's one on the chair in front of you. Um, I hope you're thinking generationally this morning. I'm going to challenge you this morning, okay? If you're here this morning and you're a guest, uh, this is directed, this sermon really is directed towards those who say, hey, this is my church home. So if you're checking us out, uh, you kind of get to look in on a little family talk. We're glad you're here. I don't want you to have any pressure or anything like that. So please don't interpret this sermon that way or this talk that way, okay? I uh, hope you'll join us next week as we'll be transitioning out of the Beyond series. I want to challenge you to think generationally this morning because that's the next part of our text, right? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now all glory to God. And we unpack that week one of beyond. Who is able? We talked about walking in faith through his mighty power at work within us. We talked about how God works in us to accomplish what he's going to accomplish, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. We talked about how God expanded our territory, our thinking last week, okay? Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay, I showed that video for a couple reasons, all right? And I hinted at it in the video that there are people from our past that have sacrificed for us to sit here this morning. Does that make sense? Last week, we showed a video of kind of the history of Coastal. We kind of finished with that. And, uh, probably many of you don't know this. There were, there were multiple people in that video that have gone on to be with the Lord. And I saw them in that video and I was like, wow, I'm humbled by that because they gave their, they stacked chairs, they gave financially and they, they, they made all that happen so that we could sit here this morning. Many of them were a part of negotiating the land deal so that we could sit here in our chairs and they never got to sit here and they never got to be here and worship the Lord here on this spot because they saw generationally. I want to challenge you this morning to think generationally. I want to ask you the question, do you, do you have eyes for the future? Because one day our future will become the past. Does that make sense? And we want to say, man, God, we have an opportunity in front of us as a church that may never be presented to this church again. In fact, as we think generationally, I just want to dream this morning. You know, we're looking at this piece of land, and Josh, if you could throw up the next slide. You know, we've talked about this piece of land. We're purchasing the building and the parking. And, of course, we've talked about how this helps us, you know, with seating and parking and children's space, how we're in the need for that right now. But, you know, I want to talk generationally for a minute. You know, I think about that back piece of land, which we haven't purchased yet, but we're praying about that as well. And, and I want to, again, this is Sean dreaming. This isn't set in stone. I haven't talked to York County. I don't know how all this stuff, but just dreaming out loud. I think, man, what if we purchase? What if we grew, we could purchase that back piece as well, and, and we put in a, a place for the community, parks and places for the community to come out, all because Coastal Community Church loves its, co its, its local community. Does that make sense? And families can come and hang out with us, and we hope to build relationships with them so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, let me dream a minute. Like, what if on that back piece of land one day we could, we could buy, build some housing? Like, we're blessed at Coastal. I mean, we have so many young people. I, we, we get so many young college students, it blows my mind. So many of them are beginning to pray about, hey, God, is God calling me to vocational ministry? And one of the little things we've started at Coastal that we dream of expanding is, is an internship program. What if we could house those students so we can keep our costs down, but, man, we can invest in the next generation of leaders of the Church of God? Like, that excites me. I hope that excites you. I want, I want you to think generationally. 
What if we could build some homes on there for retired missionaries, you know, men and women who serve internationally, and we know they don't make a ton of money, but eventually they can't stay on the field forever, and they can't make a, a, a living forever, and, and, and nobody provides a retirement for them. And we say, man, we got a place for you to live when you come off the mission. Does that excite you? What about the next time Pastor Sean preaches on uh, the idea of abortion? We talked about that back in the, in the early spring or late winter, okay? We talked about that, and you know, I was able to provide one of the ministries here in the community that we support, CareNet. But what if we also say, man, we have a home for single unwed mothers. Does that excite you? See, that's the kind of stuff that we're dreaming about today. We're dreaming generationally. Like, God, what could you do, right? What, 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 what's missional? What's for the community? It's bigger than we might even think or ask or imagine. But in order to do that, man, we're at this kind of this moment where it's like, we've got to think generationally. We've got to think bigger than us because we sit here this morning because people had that dream. And so this morning, I want you to be a part of what God is doing generationally. Now, I'm, I'm going to heavy on you for a moment, okay? I'm going to heavy on you, and, and it's because I think we're, we're at a point in the history of Coastal that's so exciting to me. I don't want to let, let this moment pass us by, all right? And so I want to talk about where we are now, okay? Where are we right now? Uh, last week, our initial pledges came in, okay? Now, let me say this, okay? I, I recognize, so I want to bracket what I'm about to say with the understanding that last week was a, was a tough week. It was Mother's Day. A lot of people were traveling to see their mothers. A lot of graduations, a lot of graduations this week, people were traveling. So I recognize, like, not everybody was here that calls Coastal their home. Not everybody was a part, okay? But, but let, me just, let me just share this with us, okay? We have to know this. I have to define reality, okay? The reality is our pledges came in about 25% short of our goals, okay? Uh, including the initial offering, which we, which, which I'll get into in a minute, and what we projected long term. Okay, and so we need about fifty thousand more than was actually pledged for this morning's offering, and we need about two hundred fifty thousand more that than was pledged last week in order to raise a million dollars over eighteen months. Is that clear? Is that defining reality for everybody? All right. Um, my first reaction to this when I got home on Mother's Day, man, I was really discouraged. I was like, Lord, I. I don't want this opportunity to pass us by. And I, I, for about a day and a half to two days, I was discouraged, okay? Now, by um, Tuesday morning, God had changed my view, okay? And I grew more hopeful because I realized, hey, we're, we're just done the third quarter. That only speaks to sports people, all right? We just got done the third quarter, but there's still the fourth quarter to go, right? And, and three quarters, we're three quarters of the way there, okay? And so I got encouraged because like, we're almost there and we, and we can make this happen for the glory of God, okay? And so, um, and so bracketing with understanding was a lot of people weren't there. I grew hopeful, right? But now I want to challenge you this morning, okay? I want to give you a sense of urgency this morning. Today is the day. Today's the day. Church, today is the day. And I want you to have it here in the next few months, I want you to have a sense of urgency for this amazing vision that the Lord has given you. And there's a couple reasons why I want you to have a sense of urgency, okay? I want to give you a couple reasons why I want you, as you make your offerings, we're going to have a sense of urgency. Number one, all right, this opportunity that God has given us, I believe it's a God-given opportunity. I keep asking the question, why did God give Coastal Community Church this opportunity? And I think it's so that we can accomplish something for his glory that's bigger than we could even imagine. Number two, why is today today? Because church, I, I, 
we're going to do something, okay? Now, you guys are in the A15. Thank you so much for coming to the A15. That's a huge help to the Coast Community Church. The next two services, especially when CNU is in session, they're packed. There's nowhere to sit. There's always people in the, in the foyer. And, and I go, we have to do something. And if I remember correctly, as we journeyed together, the other opportunities we looked at, doing a campus here in the community or buying and building next door, which is going to take years and years and years, didn't excite us as much as this opportunity, right? Okay, so we all go, this was the opportunity that we want, we want to seize, and we want to seize it today, all right? Number three, why is today today? I don't want to keep talking about money. All right, I just don't because I get it. Like you want to invite your neighbors and your friends because you're excited about Coastal Community Church. And when you invite them during a campaign like this, right? What do you do? Like, well, he's talking about money. I don't, you know, it's not normally like, and that, that's true. And I don't want to be like that. We've never been like that, okay? And I won't get us in that kind of financial situation because it hinders the message of the gospel in the community. So today's the day, okay? Does that make sense? Let's make today today. Number four, we talked about this last uh, two weeks ago, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 10 through 11. The apostle Paul challenges the Corinthian church. He says, you started the offering, now finish the offering. That's what he says. He's very clear. You can read it for yourselves. And I want to challenge us. Let's finish it today. Let's move forward today. All right. Now, that's the challenge. I want to make sure we have the vision. I want to make sure we have the vision. Now, I'm not talking about the vision of the building. I've talked plenty about that. Hopefully, you know all about the parking and the food ministry, you know. And, and by the way, that the storage place for the food ministry is, and I don't think this is a word, but I'm going to make it up. It's ginormous. Okay, it's ginormous. I mean, we can feed the peninsula. We will have the resources to feed the peninsula if they're hungry through the food ministry. You know all about that stuff, okay? I want to talk about the vision of what we've got to do to make our vision our reality, Okay. Okay, so we started this journey. I presented to the church body. The church body voted 96% to move forward with this, 96%, with the, with the understanding that, hey, my vote, okay, my vote means we're linking arms together, okay? My vote is, comes with we're going to do the Beyond campaign. My understand, I, think, I think I was clear on this, the understanding that, that my vote, yes, means I'm going to be a part of the Beyond campaign. I'm going to give over and above my regular giving to make this happen. Well, I think I was clear on that, right? And so, and so I just want to challenge us and remind us of the vision. I laid in front of us the vision that we needed to raise over 18 months a million dollars. And the way we were going to do that was a two-step process. Number one, we were going to bring an offering this morning and try to raise $300,000 this morning, okay? And then number two, we were going to make pledges over and above our regular giving for 18 months to raise the other $700,000 for a total of a million dollars. Does that make sense? I challenged us, if you remember, hey, if you can, to, to bring $1,000 to the first offering and then about 50 over and above for the 18 months. And I said, now, the slogan we're going to use is not equal sacrifice, uh, not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. Everybody's in the room. And I started week one of the series. We've all got to link arms together. Every single one of us says, if you call this your church home, you voted yes, we got to link arms, we got to make this happen for the glory of God, right? That's what I said. That was clear to everyone. And I just want to be clear. There's no them out there. Like if you think, man, they're going to get this done. There's no them out there. All right. It's us. It's Coastal Community Church. And I want you to link arms with us and help, and help get this job done today. All right. My hope in this, and I preached on this two weeks ago, was that today will be an equal, will be a joyful sacrifice for you. Can I just share with you? I can't wait. I cannot wait to come up here and make my offering. I can't wait. I, I'm so excited. I can't wait. But I want this to be a joyful sacrifice for you. Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice done with joy for the glory of what God's going to do. Um, 
And so that's what I laid out in front of us. So today is the, is the so what, all right? And we're calling this, I call this First Fruits Sunday. So if you're not familiar with the Bible term first fruits, okay? In Bible times, most people lived in an agrarian culture. And oftentimes God would call the people of Israel to bring their first fruits as an act of worship. And so for those of you who are not farmers, but maybe you have a fruit tree or a vegetable, a tomato plant or whatever, oftentimes a fruit tree or a tomato plant or whatever, uh, uh, whatever your garden has will produce a fruit, a ripe fruit or two before the bulk of the harvest comes in, right? And so, and so, you know, you get that. Like I have a peach tree. I'll get those couple peaches. Oh, there'll be a hundred on the tree, but I'll get that couple come out, come in early, right? And they're just ready early. And the scriptures calls those the first fruits. And oftentimes the Lord would say the first fruits are mine. The rest is yours. Okay, the first fruits is worship to me, thanksgiving to me. Okay, so we called today first fruits Sunday. Okay, and. Um, and so, just so you know, uh, our student and our children's ministry have already given, and they've given over $1,600 towards the project. Isn't that cool? That's your kids, all right? And that's our students. I heard of one of our students has pledged $20 a month over the next 18 months. I don't even think they have a job. Okay. I'm serious, okay? I'm serious. I mean, that's, like, that's equal sacrifice, right? That's a student going, I'm in, okay? Um, I want to challenge you this morning as you come with your, if, if you've already made a pledge card, or you haven't made a pledge card. Again, I know people were out of town last week. Okay. I want to challenge you. Like I've heard a couple things when it comes to this pledge card. So let me address them. Okay. These are important. I've heard some, I've heard some, some uh, undertones of I'm planning on giving, but I didn't want to turn in a pledge card. Okay, so let me address that. First of all, I get that. Okay, and actually that idea can even come from Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus says, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. I just want to be anonymous. I get that. I get that. I get that. So let me just offer this as, a, as something to think about. Okay, the Bible also tells leader, it tells us to, to count the cost before we do something, right? Now Jesus in, in uh, Luke chapter 14 talks about this. Of course, he's talking about it when it comes to discipleship, but he uses the idea, the illustration of a building. He says, nobody starts out and builds a building without first counting the cost. So even if you want to turn in an anonymous card, that would help us count the cost. Does that make sense? And so I just want to offer that up. I've heard the, the little bit of, um, I've done this before. Maybe that's going through your mind. Like I've, I've been a part of this before. All right, and I, I was a part of helping build this building. And so here's my offer to you. Okay, here's my offer to challenge you. As long as Pastor Sean is the pastor of Coastal Community Church, I am never going to be satisfied with the status quo. Because when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what we're praying about? The furthering of the church, which is the houses, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're a part of that. And I'm always going to push, like, I'm going to push you on your dependence on God. I'm always going to push you on your faith in God. And sometimes it's finances. Sometimes it's talent. Sometimes it's rolling up your sleeves and getting to work. It's all going to be all kinds of things at different times. But I am never going to come in here and go, oh, we're we're done. Never. Because I want to make Jesus famous on this peninsula. Right? That's my heartbeat, okay? And that's going to always be my leadership. And by the way, this is my third campaign at Coastal, and it's my fourth one in my adult life. And I haven't missed any of the money I gave away, not one time, okay? The one church I was, when I was uh, in seminary, my wife and I gave a large amount to a church that we attended for nine months because we only lived there for nine months, okay? But it was our home church, and we wanted to be a part of what they were doing. So let me just challenge you. We're always going to be stretching, Okay? I want to share a testimony this morning. 
I have wrestled all week if I wanted to share this. I have run this idea up the flagpole with your elders. I've run it up with some staff members and people that I trust. And to my knowledge, none of them said, don't do that, okay? The reason I've wrestled with it is it runs the risk of people judging my motives or um, whatever, throwing some stone at me, and and it's okay. I just decided that um, what I'm going to share to you this morning is a personal testimony of my journey, okay? And I'm doing it for a couple reasons. I've titled this part of my sermon, As for Me and My House, because Joshua, when he recommitted with the people of Israel to follow the covenant of God, he said, as for me and my house, here's what we're going to do, Okay. Uh, King David, when he built the temple, he let the people know, hey, he, he kind of gave leadership. He goes, hey, I'm, here's what I'm bringing, okay? Um, and then the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, you can follow me as I follow Christ, okay? So I, I just want to share this, okay? I came home last Sunday. I saw the shortage in the pledge amount, and I was discouraged, Okay? So I did what I do when, I, when I'm discouraged. I put the kids to bed early, okay? And said, go to bed, just go to bed. And... Uh, and then me and Jen prayed. We took a minute, some time to pray together. And then we began to discuss. And I said, what are we going to do? I don't know that we stretched ourselves enough. And so I said, what are we going to do? And we took a moment to pray. My wife, first words out of her mouth is, do I need to pick up another client? Now, I've never said what my wife does for a living. She has a side business because I don't want to promote it, okay? But what she does is very physical. And when she said, she's exhausted on the day she works. And when she said that, I was blown away. And I was like, no, honey, I don't, I don't think you need to do that. And so here's what we did, okay? I went and, uh, and what we wanted to give today was already o- over double what we had asked the church to give, okay? And I went and I got the checkbook and I said, we're giving all this. We're giving all of it. And I'm bringing it today. And, and I tell you that to say, and listen, it's, it's different for different people what that looks like. I want you to know I'm not being foolish. I know I can pay all my bills this month. I'm not asking you to be foolish, okay? But I have the same things you guys got, okay? I got a kid that's 15 months from college. I got two cars that have over 300,000 miles. You know, like I'm, I'm in the same boat, but I'm super passionate about this. And why am I passionate about this? Why did I share the testimony? Why did I take this chance to share that testimony with you? Because I don't want to miss this opportunity, church, I don't want to miss this opportunity. Let me ask you something. If I told you, Coastal Community Church, if I told you there is a church going in that location, 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 a Bible-believing church that wasn't coastal, would you be excited about it? Would you be excited about it? I'd be terribly excited about it. You want to know why? It's a great location to reach the peninsula for the gospel of Christ. And outside, and listen, our God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. I can assure you that this opportunity has been given to Coastal, and if we don't seize it, I'm not sure a church is going there. Because there are three investors behind that piece of property going, I want to put retail space back there. Does that make sense? And I don't want to look back on my life, on my deathbed, and go, man, I didn't do enough to make it happen. And I want to be a part of putting the gospel of Christ right there in the center of the peninsula. I don't have time this morning to share with you all the fingerprints of God we've seen on this deal already, okay? There have been Christian brothers and sisters that have already put in countless hours for us to get to this point volunteer. There have been Christian brothers and sisters on the side of Kroger that have helped keep the deal on the table because they want to see a church go in there. It's incredible. 
And so now, church, I'm just being honest. Now it's time for us to do our part, all right? And I don't want to look back and have any regrets. So here's what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story from our elders meeting this week. Our newest elder, Lamont Preston, when we were... And so Tuesday morning, I met with the elders. I said, hey, I just want to share with you the numbers. I want to share with you the pledges. Here's where we are. What do we want to do? And to a man, to the elders, said, yes, we're going forward. I mean, there's no doubt about it. God, we believe God wants us there. There wasn't any wavering. There wasn't any backing down. But then our newest elder, who, who wasn't with us with the last journey, he asked me a very pointed question. He said, do you remember when you guys were in the school and you were trying to get here, do you remember a moment where it got kind of murky and you had to have an elders meeting and you had to pray together and make sure God was still in it? Did you have one of those moments during that journey? I said, not that I can remember. And then he said, well, do you remember when the people of Israel had to cross through the, actually when they took the promised land, they had to cross through two bodies of water and each time God worked differently. And he reminded me of that. So here's, I just want to show you these verses, right? And if, if you know your history, right, your Bible history, Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery towards the promised land, and they got backed up against the Red Sea. Remember that? And the nation of Israel was going to come down on them, and I mean, the nation of Egypt was going to come down on them and attack them, and they didn't know what to do, and they were frightened. And in Exodus chapter 14, verse 21, it says this, then Moses did what? What's it say? Moses did what? Raised his what? Hand over the sea, and the, and the Lord opened the path through the water and, and with a strong east wind, and the people passed through the sea. Okay? Now, there was a second river. If you know your Bible history, that nation, that group of people didn't get to take the promised land. Okay? The next group did, raised up by a guy named Joshua, and they got to another body of water called the Jordan River, and they had to cross through the Jordan River to go into the promised land. Check this out Joshua chapter 3, verse 8. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, what's it say next, church? Take a few steps into the river. Isn't that interesting? What are the similarities? The water parted and the people went across the dry land, right? What are the differences? One was a raised hand. The other one was what? We got to get our feet wet first, right? God still worked both times. God works, but he works differently each time. Why does he do that? Because he always wants us to be in faith and dependence on him. That's the goal. That's how God gets the greatest glory out of our lives, that we, we journey through prayer, we journey through dependence, and we make sure we're leaning into God in faith. That's how God works. He's always going to bring us to a fresh place of prayer and dependence on him, always. And so church, here's the deal. As we bring our, our offerings this morning, I want to ask the question, have you, are you brought to a new place of dependent on him? Okay. Now we're not going to pass the plate this morning like we normally do. Actually, our offering is right here in the front. Okay. And you're going to, you're going to kind of be a part of, of, of a visual sermon. And so I want you, so here's what I want you to do. I want to try to be clear here. All right. I want you to come forward. If you have a, a regular offering this morning, I want you to come forward. If you have a tear off this morning, okay, I want you to, to come forward if, you, if you're bringing a pledge card this morning. I want you to come forward if you're being challenged to bring a new pledge card this morning like me and my wife did, okay? We got rid of the old one. We're bringing a new one this morning, okay? Uh, I want you to, to come forward if you have a prayer request. I want you to come forward if you've given already to this online, okay? And you didn't come prepared. You've already given. You didn't come with a check or whatever. I still want you to come forward. If there is in any way, if, you, if you're praying for this, if there's in any way you're linking arms with us uh, on this journey, okay, I want you to come forward this morning. 
All right, and then what I'm going to do is I want you to get one of these stones, these Mancala game stones, okay? And, and I want you and your family to come forward and take one. Everybody in the family take one if you're linking arms with us, okay? I want you to take that stone home. I want you to put it in a place where you can be reminded about your pledge, or you can pray about your pledge, you can pray about the project that God's laid in front of us, okay? And, and my hope is then when we worship together uh, for the first time in the new building, you're going to bring that back. And then what we're going to do is we're going to make a piece of artwork with it and we're going to put that in the new prayer room or the prayer chapel, okay? So we're all reminded of what our dependence on God and what God did uh, in this process, okay? Um, so uh, here's what we're going to do, a little bit different this morning. Before you come and you make your offering, I'm, I'm going to give you a few minutes. Pastor Joey's going to pray softly, okay? I'll give you a few minutes of some quiet prayer this morning. Okay, and you could pray silently, or if you want to pray out loud with a small group, you want to huddle up with your friends or with your family, and you want to pray before you come, okay? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray, and I want you to ask, is my pledge and my offering equal sacrifice in God's eyes? Okay? Because from the beginning, I've made this clear. That's what it's going to take for us to have this project come to completion. Now, if you've changed your pledge, would you do me a favor? Reach into this chair in front of you and write a new pledge card so we know, so we can count the cost and know what God's doing at Coastal, okay? Then Pastor Joey's going to give leadership, okay? He's going to lead us in a song. He's going to remind us that what we're doing is spiritual and it's for the gospel of Christ. And then we're going to come up here together and we're going to make our offerings and we're going to make our pledges. So after you're done praying and when Pastor Joey leads, okay? I want you and your family to come together. We're going to link arms together for the vision God's given us, for the glory of God, to complete this generational vision that he's given us. Let me close with prayer, and I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Joey. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for the vision you've given us, God. It's a God-sized task, and that's what I love about it. And I love that it can't be completed unless we all link arms together for your glory, God. It's going to take every single person that says, hey, this is my home church, to be a part. And I pray that we would all make an equal sacrifice for the glory of God, thinking generationally that there will be a place on the peninsula that's proclaiming the name and fame of Jesus Christ. And God, I'm humbled. You, you didn't give this opportunity to another church in the community. You gave it to Coastal Community Church. And we're awed by that, God. And we're grateful. And we see what you can do, God. We're excited to see more and more people become worshipers of Jesus Christ. This opportunity you've given us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You take a minute to pray. Pray with your family, pray over your offering, pray over your pledge. And then Pastor Joey will instruct us when to come.
so often we um, we tend to compartmentalize what's spiritual and what isn't, and, and there's this tension when you talk about money um, that comes, especially when you talk about it for multiple weeks, and, and I've been challenged that Everything that we have is a gift from God meant to be stewarded so that we can further his kingdom, uh, reaching every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And so I want you to know that the challenge that's been given to you is the challenge that's been given to me and, and, and to the rest of the staff and to the elders is that, that our resources, man, I can't, I can't think of a better way or a better place to invest my money than in the kingdom of God, trusting that, that God will accomplish his will and his purpose and give me the grace that I need to step out in faith and, and be obedient in that part of my life. And so I just want to encourage you uh, with that word. And, and, and as you guys come up and give here in just a minute, we're going to sing the gospel. The fact that, that God, through Jesus, has come and he snatched us out of this dark place. He snatched us out of our sin reconciled us to himself so that we can stand here and have purpose with our resources, investing it in the kingdom of God. And so this is called All I Have is Christ. You guys can stand. You can sing, declare it with us. And as you do, please make your way up here to, to, to give of your first fruit.